Pretty close. <laughs> Watermelon lemonade. It's goddamn delicious, man. Looks like sorority juice to me. I know. Hold on, give me give me a good look here. Look at that. Ooh. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I could drink this in one gulp. It's so easy to drink. <laughs> here we go. Another episode of the Off Balance Three. I'm Aaron Hodges. He's Jeff Young, and over there is Brian Miller. And CJ Spiller has been cut, and somehow Jeff Fisher still has a job. That's where we land. Do you think he makes it through the season? Jeff Fisher, that is. Not if they get shut out again. That was pretty astounding to lose to a team that the, that was like the bad bowl. I mean, that was the game that was literally like the the. That was probably the worst two teams that played that week. As what, what you would have said going into week one. Yes. Yeah, LA and San Francisco, it's that is. Not the marquee matchup that. You would expect that on a Monday I mean, I'm, night. Yeah, I'm looking at the, yeah, I'm looking at the games right now. All the other games and like Detroit, Indiana, that's better. You know, that every Cleveland, Philadelphia. At least the Eagles were there. That was interesting. Carson Wentz turns out to be good. LA, San Francisco. That should have been the worst two teams playing, and so it should have been close just because they're both so supposed to be so bad. But holy smokes! Did you catch any of it, Jeff? Uh, I'm sadly I did not. It sounds like I missed a great one. It was a late game. Two California teams, and, and you don't care? Uh. <laughs> yeah, but you don't care. Like, oh, I mean, do you think I, – oh, here's oh, – I would love to know this. I wonder if they had a significant spike in viewership during the beginning, during the National Anthem, or then a significant drop after the National Anthem. Oh. Ah, they were really hyping that thing up. Even like, I missed that part. I was at Acme uh, doing a show, and um, I was thinking I was on when that game started. Did they did they spend a lot of time lingering on Kaepernick? Yeah, they were pretty focused on him, and uh, I forget who was kneeling with him. Another guy yeah. was kneeling with him, and a couple people with the with the fist up during the national anthem. Uh, but that was yeah, they were definitely laser focused on that and selling that drama. <laughs> Oh, I mean that's uh, <laughs> that's a, that's been such a crazy media narrative to me. I mean, I, I can't believe that's the thing that's like taken hold. You know, everything everything's usually symbolic of like a larger anything like this. I mean, is usually symbolic of a larger anger. You know, the OJ thing is like more than OJ. You know, this is more than Colin Kaepernick. But it's so weird that it all settled on Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> it does seem like an unlikely yeah. hero here. Or, yeah, villain. or villain. Or villain. I, honestly, I feel like he's unlikely in either way. He always seemed like a, yeah, there's that guy kind of guy, you know. <laughs> but uh, I never really felt strongly about him either way. Do you, are you guys uh, relatively? Do you have strong opinions on it either way? Uh, I personally don't. I mean, I you know, if he wants to do that, that's his business. Um, it's not really hurting anybody, other than some people's feelings, I suppose. Um, so yeah, to me, it's kind of, it's, it's sort of a story that probably shouldn't have lingered this long. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's all ball. Uh, I'm, I'm behind him. I appreciate the risk that he's taken by putting himself out there the way that he's done it. 
and it's a conversation that needs to be had. And I think it's brought out a lot of stuff that is was just kind of seeping on the surface, especially like I always have a problem with people that wrap themselves in, in the flag and are very hypocritical about it. Mm. So I think when those type of behaviors are exposed, I think that's a good thing. You see stories about, oh, like this guy is going to pay for the fine that uh, Odell Beckham gets for wearing his 9-11 cleats. And everybody applauds that. That's great. This guy's going to pay this fine or Odell's going to wear this in in, uh, tribute to people that died on 9-11. But what are they really doing? Are they doing anything more or less than what Kaepernick is doing? You know, no, what I, mean? I, I, I know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I tend to agree. I think what I think is generally interesting is that I think that a lot of people will couch their opinion on this by saying a lot of the same thing they say, which is, like, well, "Look, it's just you keep it out of football." You know, I just believe a guy should go to work and do his job and whatever. But that's a really easy opinion to have when, if you're, you know, part of the status quo. Even if you think things are not so great, it's like, well, yeah, of course you th- you think that because you're not having any active problems. So it seems weird to bring it up. But if there's if you if you know if you're if you're on the other wrong end of the status quo, it's like, well, where am I supposed to bring it up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the focus of the discussion just keeps getting changed all the time. It's like, well, all right, well, why is he doing this? He's disrespecting the flag, just- and why he's disrespecting the soldiers. But no, he's he's pretty much said it. Like, uh, I just don't think cops should be able to murder people and get away with it. Like, that's the whole thing. Well, and you know, I think that's that's kind of an interesting thing about it is he's maintained, he's been pretty consistent in his message throughout. And I have to admit, when he first started doing this, I was a little bit skeptical. I just thought, well, all right, people are going to focus on the, the act of what he's doing and not the symbolism behind it. And and. For sure, that's what people were doing, and myself included. I was like, "Wow, that's that's odd. Why is he, what's up with that?" But he's been very consistent in his message, and it seems like he's actually um, he's actually getting the conversation started that he wanted to get started. And I and I have to say that I do give him credit for that because I did not when I when I first started hearing about this, I didn't think that would happen. I thought it's just oh, people are gonna you know it's gonna be this very polarizing thing as it was, and and we're never gonna advance beyond that stage. It's just gonna be about what do you think about him or what do you, you know, are you pro Kaepernick or anti Kaepernick without actually getting into any of the, uh, the underlying issues. So the fact that it's, it's gotten that far has uh, surprised and impressed me actually. You know, I think the, I think we just answer our question though. Why is it stuck around so long? There's so many different ways to view it as mm-hmm. from, from a media perspective. It's a, gr- it's a perfect story because you're in the room and you're like, all right, we wanted to cover this thing. Uh, you f- find out what the cops think about it. You find out what the military thinks about it. You find out what the football union thinks about it. You find out what the fans think about it. You know what I mean? There, there, and there's always, you know, there's always pretty distinct. You could make a football argument about it, or you could make a Black Lives Matter argument about it, or you could make a First Amendment argument about it, or a, you know, flag waving patriotic argument about it. There's so many different angles that it just kind of allows itself to be battered around by all these different interests. And so, like you said, it. They all focus on like really specific parts of it <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why Kaepernick was ready to be hyper-focused on what he wanted to be talking about. Yeah, he's been um, much a much better advocate for an issue than a lot of kind of athletes are sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, so, so, sometimes mm-hmm. it's kind of blunt or it's kind of simple, but it's like, well, no, that's – say what you will. He's got an opinion, and it's, it's, it seems pretty well thought out. 
Yeah, he's clearly thought about this. And it's galvanized a lot of people, too. I mean, I don't think it would have been expected that he has the highest selling jersey right now. (laughs) I I certainly didn't think so. People are buying it to burn it and people are buying it to wear it on Vogue. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) It caught a lot of people off guard how many players pretty quickly were like, yeah, I'll get in on that. It's like, oh, this, you know, it has been nice to see it kind of show people like this. No, this sentiment is not this is not just Colin Kaepernick's weird eccentric opinion, you know, or whatever. This is and it reminds you, you know, also that the you know, football is uh, significantly a minority sport, especially when you count in, you know, Samoans and, and all kinds of people. You know, it's not it's certainly not a white dominated sport. It's got about a lot mm-hmm. of white people watch it. And so it can be a really good way, uh, I think, for people people to experience an opinion that they might not normally come across in their own social circles. That's a good point. You know, it's not quite Jackie Robinson, but, you know, I think it's in the, no pun intended, in the ballpark. <laughs> I think you did intend it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, and I started, and I thought, you know, if, you, if you're going to button it up that well, why would you Why would you take that button off? I called attention to the button, but it was like a humble brag about the button. A little bit, yeah. As soon as it fell out of your face, you were like, ah, oh, I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm drinking. I'm drinking fine Cabernet instead of that uh, children's iced tea that you're guzzling down like a uh, like a like an underage carny. Excuse out me. Back of the generators, trying to trying to get hammered before he goes back to help take down the tent pegs. It's a, a watermelon lemonade, and it's delicious. And the clowns needed help. So, <laughs> what's your problem? <laughs> I'm a team player. <laughs> what did I you guys hear? I can hear that. What? The swill of your your, your, your watermelon <laughs> sugar water. It's so good. <laughs> Shout out to Twisted Tea Watermelon Lemonade. They're not a paid sponsor, but they could be if they'd like to be. <laughs> Shout out to Alias Cabernet. I feel like uh, they're doing me well. There you go. Anybody uh, potential sponsors you want to shout out, Jeff? <laughs> um, at the moment, I would uh, give a shout out to Carlsbad Alkaline Water. All right. Very boring at the moment. Wow. It, this is the one hour a week that Jeff is not in a brewery of somewhere. <laughs> so it's tricky. Yeah, well, actually, tomorrow's bottling day. So, <laughs> How long do you have to wait from the bottle to the drink? Uh, be about three weeks. All right. You're a patient man. Well, this bro, be, reminds me. Uh, I think I found out why Jeff likes baseball so much. Mm. I went to a baseball game. All right. I went to, uh, my wife really likes baseball. And so every year she, she doesn't insist, but she asks that I go to a baseball game with her and I comply. And some years it's been a minor point of friction. I may have complained. I may, you know, a lot sometimes. <laughs> but this year I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, the, the, the main difference was that I was much drunker than usual. Uh, <laughs> but not too much so. But uh, we, we wound up. We took the train in, we, because the twins, we knew they would lose, and they did. They lost by a lot. So we took the train in, and we got to the ballpark about an inning and a half late. And then we left, like, two innings early. And when you're there, I, I tell you what, if it was a six-inning game, enthralling. Hmm. Okay. I was all the way in for six innings. And I was a little drunker than normal. <laughs> oh, oh, all ball or flagrant foul on the spot. I realize we're not in the segment yet, but whatever. I'm yeah, calling it we'll, we'll just uh, free flow the all ball this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got to toss one in. All ball, flagrant foul. Uh, I am tired of always trying to get a couple of beers and drag them out, stretch them out, and then kind of leaving with a mild 
hangovery feeling at the ballpark, I decided to take it upon myself to bring in some of my own beverage, uh, which my wife became very irritated about. Uh, no, no, that, that, let me rephrase. That. I can understand why. She was, she was, uh, she was just not proud. She wasn't really irritated. I could just see the annoyance in her eye. <laughs> A lot of eye rolling and yeah, keeping uh, her distance. So. Sneaking your own hooch into the ballpark. How do you do this? This has got to be a caper. I'm impressed. Well, it wasn't beer. It was just some whiskey. Little, you know, you buy some airplane whiskey bottles, and you know, you put them where they're not going to find them. Shut up! I wasn't putting it up my ass or anything. I wasn't drug mealing in there. You just, you just kind of stick it inside your jeans there. Are they? Or you, you you belt buckle it like you bandolero them right under your, uh, (laughs) you bandolero them right behind your belt under your jeans there. Uh Aha. Uh, and they're plastic, I mean, no, right? Add twi- oh. twi- you have two, two little uh, shooter bottles. And they're plastic. Yeah, this little plastic shooter bottles. Go on. This is very educational. No, this is it was good. Jameson. So then this I just is, got a. So then you just get like a Jameson and Coke, right? You buy you buy you buy you, you pay five dollars for a Coke. That should be what it's like the Jameson and Coke costs, right? Uh, or whatever. So then you doctor up your Coke there, and you you, you have your good time, and you got your spare Jameson bottle on one on the back. And uh, then I ordered a beer because uh, I was at a baseball game. I had to get a beer. Uh, and uh, it's perfect. So all ball or flagrant foul, sneaking your own hooch into the stadium. Jeff. Oh. I, uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> not me. I don't mean me like, well, if this is a great paper. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, is no. this a thing that people should do? Well, you know, I'm not saying you're advocating it from a legal perspective. Yeah, yeah. But do you think it's a do you think it is a, a cool I'll, move or I'll a lame put, move? I'll put it this and way. I, Let me put it this way. I will gladly look the other way if that ever if anybody <laughs> around me ever was gonna do that. <laughs> so uh yeah, I couldn't exactly advocate it, but you know. You wouldn't you wouldn't call the usher over and be like, oh, hell no. I a flask. Yeah. I I never would have suspected you for that. Don't don't worry. I never I never would have took you for a baseball narc. But uh, there, I think there are some people who might. But I don't think most people would narc. But I think the question is really, do you, do you? My wife, you know, she looked a little. Uh, well, she pointed out my age, <laughs> and that we on our on one of our first dates, uh, we went on a group date with her and her roommate, who was then her maid of honor, one of her best friends. And, and and her boyfriend, who was much older, he was five six well at the time, you know, five six years older than us, and worked at the school that we all went to. <clears throat> it was a college; it wasn't a high school or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we were at a movie, and we all sit down. And we're going to watch like this art film at one of the landmark movie theaters, you know, really nice place in Chicago. And uh, as a preview start, I just pulled out a whiskey bottle from my pocket, like a little, <laughs> I was, you know, because we're going to the movies. So I had like, you know, I had like a. Like a like a half pint probably of whiskey, and I just like offered it to everyone down the line, and every one of them was like reacted in kind of a different manner of being appalled, <laughs> ranged from what the fuck to you can do that. Like it was like, like a harmony of shock. I mean, this wasn't a completely selfish act. Get, getting this liquor in there, in a way, you were just reminding your wife what it was like to first fall in love with you. <laughs> It's a real hallmark moment. <laughs> you know what's funny though? I remember uh, going on a date with those exact same double, double double date with those exact same people like six months later, and I remember multiple people brought booze and we all drank. So I think it caught on in retrospect. But we were twenty three <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> instead of you know now. 
<laughs> but yeah, what do you think, Aaron? All ball, flagrant foul. Well, listen, man. There's a, there's an element of white trashness to it. Uh, Undeniably, and I can't deny that. You can't deny it. Coming from where I'm from, I gotta respect it because uh, it's full of redneck white trash escapades like that. And I think <laughs> anytime you can get away with something like that and get drunk and get one over on the man, I applaud it. So uh, <laughs> I, I've never heard anything that's more all ball in this situation. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell my wife she's wrong. She'll be glad to know. <laughs> she is wrong. And make sure make sure you tell her. So you guys don't you guys never sleep booze? Again. You guys <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be like a uh, this will be like a Nicholas Sparks novel in no time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you guys never sneak booze into stadiums or you know, weddings or churches or wherever you have it. <laughs> oh, weddings, of uh, course. These days not so much, but yeah, I have. All right. It's tricky when you're a beer man. The packaging is too too elaborate. It's, it's really yeah. It is really difficult, and um, my my whiskey tastes are too expensive to come in small bottles. So. <laughs> Did you hear the way that Jeff just elevated himself there? No, <laughs> I respect the whiskey game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they just McAllen 18 just doesn't come in, uh, in hotel bottles. Well, you can get your own flask, you know. I could, I know. No, and I've thought about that. It's I have a, I have a, movie. Movie. you know what yeah. you ooh ooh I just want Perry Mason style I just won the case. All right. My uh-huh. wife for Christmas two years ago <laughs> bought me a flask with a Mark Twain quote engraved into it. So you're really just getting good usage Man. out of this thing. I mean, I, I didn't actually bring the flask because I didn't know I could. I could, totally could have got it in there. Okay, in respect. Scratch that. You're showing that you appreciate her gift. Yes, I mean. You can't buy a guy a gun and then go mad when he shoots a couple of targets. <laughs> uh, so, so you only stuck around for six innings. Yeah, about six innings. It was really about perfect. I mean, we we came in, they were losing. Everyone was upset. The ballpark was about one third full. And uh, well, they have the got, worst uh, record in the entire. Oh, I mean, they're league. terrible. And you know, obviously, if it would have been a really exciting game, I well. We took public transit. We really didn't want to leave with the hoi polloi. We wanted to like skirt out early and get back to the car. All right, this um, not not to get a, uh, on off on a separate tangent. I want to come back to this, but this is in my head real quick, and I bet we all have examples of this. Do you regularly leave sporting events, no matter what it is, early, or do you always stick around till the end of the game? I've traditionally been a stick around to the end of the game guy. Most of the time, especially because I don't know, I don't go to them that often. I hardly ever anymore, really, because I don't like like clap crowds. Um, but like more often, concerts, even like yeah, I, I never try to like beat the rush at a concert. It seems like you're cheating yourself. I now I will say if you're at a, if you're at a baseball game at the end of the season when the team is mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and they're losing by four runs and they suck. Man, <laughs> seventh inning is the time to go. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> what about you, Everybody Jeff? else got up to stretch and we just kept on going. Um, yeah, I pretty much, I mainly stayed till the end. Um, not, I mean, I, the only time I don't, honestly, is at a baseball game because it isn't a timed event. And, and if it's like, it's starting to get late and I got to get up or whatever. And I don't really care. I'll, I will bail. I'll be like, yeah, I got my fix in. Um, but, uh, but you know, for the most part, that doesn't happen that often. That's that's like a that's definitely the exception. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, usually I like to stick it out till the end because why else are you going to be there? Yeah. yeah, I mean, usually if I go to like a hockey game or a football game, I'm there because I, I mean, I, I watch like I'll watch Sunday night football to the absolute end of the game every week, regardless of how lopsided the score is, because I like to watch football. I just like to watch the guys throwing the balls and the other guys catching it and the, the, the tackling. Yeah, I just like to watch that part of it. And so it's not I'm not just trying to find out what happens or what the spread is or what the score is, you know. Yeah, the only time that I left early was at a Giants game a couple of years ago. Uh, they were terrible. It was the end of the year, and they were playing the Seahawks and maybe didn't get a first down the whole game. And uh, I was with the, some friends that, you know, I hadn't seen in a long time, and we had a lot of beer in the parking lot, so <laughs> we left at the beginning of the fourth quarter because the game was pretty much meaningless. But, yeah, other than that, I stick around to the end. I, I think it's kind of uh, disgraceful, deplorable even, of people to leave. <laughs> yeah, if I was a real Twins fan, I might would feel bad about it, but since I'm not a Twins fan, I mean, I, don't, I, I guess I root for them passively. But uh, I root for the Cubs more than the Twins because the Twins are terrible. It's, there's no point in rooting for the Twins. It's not you, you hope they do well, but they don't. So there's no drama in it. It's just, you just sort of you just sort of live in this city where this team does badly. You guys were uh, going just to go and do something. You don't really care about the outcome. <clears throat> yeah, we had the tickets, and uh, my, my wife has a particular a couple of uh, like you know ice. She has an ice cream vendor. That she, there, you know this fancy ice cream place that has a stand there. She likes their ice cream, so she got her ice cream, and I got a beer and couple of uh well one spike jameson and coke and uh yeah it was fun we really we really enjoyed ourselves and then we we came and went with the greatest of ease nice. you know uh nice empty train took us right back to the we just drove to the station to park you know a few blocks away so uh, it was pretty nice so then when i was sort of freed from i was also here's the other thing kind of like jeff said it's not a timed event I'm like, how long is this going to go? But like, we kind of mm-hmm. knew we were going to leave early. And so it was like, I knew I wasn't going to be there for too long. And that knowledge really helped me enjoy and just like kind of just like you kind of like Jeff said, kind of be in the moment. It's just like you're just kind of seeing how everything's shaping up and you're just kind of just kind of floating in there. You're not you're not thinking about it in terms of like getting somewhere. I've worked for many, many different types of shows in my career at Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. And one of them was this show that uh, I did not ask to be put on, but I ended up working there uh, and board up in, and occasionally they'd throw me in the air. But uh, long story short, it was called The Art of Charm. And it's about kind of uh, not necessarily being a pickup artist, but, you know, becoming uh, a social butterfly and uh, breaking people out of their shells. And they, one of the things that they would usually recommend is to make up a time constraint, even if you don't have one. Huh. Hmm. It'll help you enjoy yourself more, and that's what that just reminded me of. Because you were like, "Yeah, we're we're leaving early," and it helped you enjoy it more than you would have. So that's interesting. There is something I, about it where you're like, you you kind of like try to maximize the moment. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, and I you know I think uh, another thing going back to what Brian said about baseball in the past of how it goes on forever. That's that's one of the ways I justify leaving a ball game early periodically for baseball because it it's the game's always going. It's <laughs> right. Not, yeah. It's not like if I miss a couple innings here and there, you know, and I didn't always feel that way, but at this point, there's never gonna be I'm I'm very rarely without baseball. Um, so, you know, I always feel like, hey, if I if I don't see it now, I'll just catch some later. When ball is life, ball don't stop. That's what I just heard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
I got a all bar flagrant foul. Throw it to you guys. All right. Uh, all right. Jim Harbaugh, who's now coaching the University of Michigan, was caught picking his nose and eating it on television. And now he's denying that he has ever in his entire life eaten a booger. Is this all ball or flag and foul? (laughs) (sighs) I mean, (laughs) where to begin? I I I do love that it's taken a lot of contemplation. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I, I think it's so gross. That I saw the head, the headline at Bleacher Report was uh, Jim Harbaugh digs for gold, then he gets hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw that headline, and I, and I was like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh!" I was like, "Oh!" And then I did not click it, even though I knew what happened. And uh, I mean, I can't imagine why. I, I got the impression from the video that it was pretty clear. Oh yeah, I mean, he definitely ate his book. That's the. I mean, I don't know. It's like one. Okay, now the flip side is one time I was at a party and this girl was like, uh, she was having some private kind of private conversation. This is kind of like our booze in the park conversation. Uh, she has uh, she's having this kind of private conversation and then she's like waving her arms around. She's like, wait, 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 everybody, everybody. She gets everybody's in the room's attention and she's like, everybody here, this is crazy. Raise your hand if you pee in the shower. And she's thinking that like, and, and like, like four of the twenty people are like, yeah, occasionally. And then she was just like stunned. Like she lived in a world where this was. She couldn't believe that anybody did it. She couldn't believe the four people in a room of twenty people did it. She was staggered. She thought that would be like one in one thousand people. And so oh. then part of me is like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm living in some some paradise in the mind where adults don't do that. But I don't think. I hope not. Well. I don't think so. No, I want to keep living there. You, you have a piss pal in me. Oh, and you're you're a bathroom peer? <laughs> sure. Yeah, you go in the shower. It all goes down the drain. What's the big deal? I mean, I think hygienically, I think you have a strong case. Let's put it that way. I'm not going to incriminate myself <laughs> in either degree. I have a really, <laughs> I've had a long running gag since we moved into the new house, um, where I would tell my wife like, because we've lived together for many many years. It's one of the ten poles of our marriage. Uh, is living together. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, I was like, you know, now that we have a new house, I think we should stop peeing in the shower. And she's like, that. Don't tell me that. Don't. <laughs> no, I mean, we own the tub now. I mean, like, I think if you'll agree, it's like, stop. That's don't tell me you've been doing that. So I've, I've been prolonging that suspense for months now. <laughs> You're a real card over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm a real, I'm a real catch. <laughs> she's a lucky lady. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that that is like super gross, right? So you're clearly in the flagrant foul. Oh, oh I couldn't even watch the video. That's how flagrant the foul. Wow, wow. And also, what are the chances that he uh, never in your life really? I mean, when you're a child, really. That, hmm. I mean, you, yeah, you eat your book. Like, the, I, that is like. The most loathe. Oh, it's so disgusting. But like, you know, Jim Harbaugh <laughs> couldn't be more off-putting. Personally, he has to throw that in there. Oh man, I, 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 so, what, perhaps there's going to be some dissenters in the in the room. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let Jeff uh, weigh in here. I, well, I'm I'm loath to say anything bad about Harbaugh because he pretty much he basically put my alma mater's football uh, program on the map. Um, yeah, he wiped it on there. 
Well, no, no, no. He he no, he actually he actually turned us from a Division three football school into like Division whatever. Yeah, no, he was a, no, it was your true. No, he, it was a big. He came big in and just he just came in and it was. I mean, what he did for for our program here in San Diego was amazing. He's a good um, football coach. Amazing, absolutely amazing. But um, you know, uh, loyalty only goes so far. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty nasty. I, I guess the other thing, that I, the thing I would really say is all um, is flagrant foul about it. Is he, you said he denied doing it? Yeah, yeah. He says he never, he never ate a booger that? in his entire life. See, that's just that's no. I don't believe it. The pick, by the way, I want to clarify my position. The pick, I don't really care about the pick. If there's a flick. Be, the pick and a flick, I'm fine with. And it's, now, I will say, I think you should be cognizant. If I, if I knew I was on camera potentially at any moment for three hours, I would just make it a point to not do that for three hours. But okay, I'll spot him that. I'll spot him the pick. It's the consumption that's throwing me off. See, and the thing that bothers me most is the lying about it. The cover-up is worse than the crime. Absolutely. Think this. If he flicked a cigarette butt on the field, you'd be like, ah, that's not cool. But if he <laughs> ate the cigarette butt, you'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, I think so, it's fair. It's a, I feel like I scare skepticism in your voice. I'm worried about yeah, you this. Can, you can sense this, can't you? Oh, no. I, Don't tell me you're... Maybe that's why you're drinking that tea. You, gotta, you need a chaser. I got to wash it down, man. I got a lot of mucus <laughs> over there. Jesus. Yeah, I, I you know, really didn't want to tell you this, guys, especially after what I've heard this here. And you've weighed dark in. Dark confession. It's, it's, it's not dark. Uh, I'm a, a proud booger eater. Oh my God. I just think it's a flagrant foul on Jim Harbaugh for shying away from it and running away from something that he clearly wow. likes to do. Your wife doesn't listen to this, does she? I um, really does she know? She knows, and she, the thing is, wow, she knows. Uh, she, I, she, I'll do it in front of her. I, I have very little shame. Jesus. Yeah, very little shame <laughs> about it, man. You just shit in the lawn too, man. Don't don't be mad at me because your boogers Ooh. aren't delicious. Mine are delicious. Oh God! <laughs> I'm generally like swooning a little bit over here, like I, well, with nausea. Yeah, hey, we're we're got the vapors. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to shake your hand when I meet you in person. Oh God! <laughs> I'm gonna wear a, I'm gonna wear a fucking hazmat suit. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. The pick, I'm fine. Yeah, I you know. Yeah, yeah. I, it's not again on camera. But the cons- the consumption. Oh my god! Mm. I- <laughs> Apparently, we found my thing. We were I was having a conversation with a friend, and we were trying to figure out what your uh, fear factor thing would be. Like, if you're on fear factor, there's some stuff that everybody would be like, "Yeah, I can eat that. That wouldn't be that bad." You know, like I can eat. I've eaten like live mealworms and wasps and stuff at this like Ugh. I was in this like bug eating convention or whatever. It's actually not as bad as you think it's going to be. Um, <laughs> but if they said eat one booger, I'd be like, "That's the grossest thing ever. Get get off my jaw!" Really, that's Go your away. thing, huh? <laughs> but that's yeah. You, even, what's what's one of them? Even your own <laughs> booger, you can't eat it. No. Oh my god, no. <laughs> wow. Now I know how to torture but, you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose you do. I'm dumbfounded. That yeah, that's right. You could be I'm that crazy. grossed out about. It. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, you're sad. the you are the crazy one. We'll try to turn this around on me. <laughs> 
<laughs> this, is like, <laughs> this is like this is like two steps down from you telling me you're a Trump voter. <laughs> <laughs> two steps down. Wow. At least you're no no two well two steps you know calmed down I should say. At least you're not hurting anyone else except for your poor wife who has to witness this. I think she's in a state of denial because I, I, I do do it in front of her. I'm just like, you know I do this. I've talked about it. I've done like, jokes about it. You, I, I don't hide this from you. Why, why do you act like this is a surprise to you? Uh, what do you think are the percentage, the percentage of the population who engages in this? That, picks, you... that picks their nose and eats it? Are we talking about just the United States? Yeah. I'll confine it to adults in America over 18. Adults in America over 18. I would say that 40% do it. Holy shit. Are you kidding me? No. I would have said five. Well, 35 are not going to admit to it. But I'm I'm not a – I'm a pretty open fella. I mean, you know, I'm not not being coy or anything. I mean, I'm – I genuinely thought, like I said, I, I live, I've been living in some paradise in the mind where 5% is like a high number. <laughs> well, I mean, there's studies out there that say that it increases your, your brain activity. It's good for your sleep. It just makes you an all-around better person if you eat your own boogers. It's like <laughs> eating a placenta. What do you eat the Garbage Pail Kids Journal of Medicine? <laughs> hey. Hey, I was just looking on Google here. Yeah, I, I found on I found on Wikipedia there's actually a whole entry on eating mucus. <laughs> what and is, apparently, what is there's a, well, there's a book. I, I hate to say it, but I think I think Aaron's going to be right on here. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's a book there's a book called Gastronaut that discusses eating dried nasal mucus, mucus and it claims that 44 percent of people he questioned said they had eaten their own dried <laughs> nasal mucus in, in adulthood and said they liked it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I lowballed it. <laughs> it's, it's it's on Wikipedia. It has to be true. It has to be true. Uh, people are saying it. I'm not saying it, but people are saying it. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh I, man. I feel like uh, I feel like a, a, a Victorian lady who wandered into the Marquis de Sade's palace. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm just uh, all aghast at the debauchery around me. <laughs> Well, I'm living place. in a Bosch painting right now. <laughs> I'm saying, man, people are not as sophisticated as you think they are. Well, I will pour myself another tall glass of Cabernet and keep dreaming. <laughs> I am, I am. See, and me sneaking a little hooch into the into the game. I am a goddamn gentleman in this day and age. I, guess I might so. as well be wearing white gloves. Somebody's got to be the righteous one around here. I guess I'm in the gutter. I'm the gentry. I guess it's uh, two all balls and a flagrant foul on the, on the booger eating. I stand alone, and I'm okay with that. That's fine. I know there's at least 44% of that people. That is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it grosses people out, but I, I don't want to harp on it anymore. I don't want to harp on it. I want to harp on Jeff Fisher moving alone in third place in NFL history and the most losses in an Oof. NFL career after Monday night's loss. Now, in fairness, he has been playing for a long time, but still. <laughs> he's he's a really bad coach. I don't understand. I mean, he probably, how many times has Jeff Fisher gone to the playoffs, I wonder? It can't be more than a couple. Well, listen to this. He just passed Don Shula. Don Shula coached 490 games to reach mm-hmm. 
uh, 156 losses. Sure. Jeff Fisher has coached 327. Holy smokes. And Don Shula, <laughs> as I, I, you know, I might be misquoting the record, but I think Don Shula is one of those guys who had a pretty great record, over, obviously, overall. And then, you know, had like a tough couple of final seasons. Like, if you, if you hold uh, Tom Coughlin's last two seasons, you know, you take those off his record. Yeah, Coughlin's yeah. got a pretty great record. He's had a last couple rough ones. Totally. Uh, and I think Shula was the same way. Like, Fisher has been that way the whole time. Fisher's I mean, record. the Rams have got to seem like a, just a disaster of an investment right now. And from the, Well, financially, I'm sure it'll be fine. But for the city of L.A., it's got to be like, oh, my God. This is it. I mean, you, you can't get people in L.A. to a sporting event unless their team is like got a record above 700 anyway. <laughs> he could I pass. Mean, they're an embarrassment. He could have the all-time record uh, by the end of the season. He says uh, his coaching career now sits at 169, 157, and 1. The only coaches in NFL history with more losses are Tom Landry and Dan Reeves. Fisher has a chance to pass both of them this season if the Rams lose nine more games and finish 6-10 and ten or worse. Fisher would have the all-time losses record to himself. For that reason alone, the Rams should not fire him. They should give him the opportunity. <laughs> I always hate when a team doesn't go for a record, so I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. That's why I was mad I really at the Yankees handling of a I don't think he – well, I mean, if they come around and win the next three or four games – uh, maybe, but I don't. I don't see him lasting the season. I think he's uh, he is on the hottest of seats. It just gave him an extension. Yeah, doesn't matter. Contracts I are made mean, to be broken, huh? Oh, in football, contracts are so meaningless. They really are. It's kind of ridiculous. They even call them contracts. Yeah, I mean, look at the Kaepernick deal, for instance. Yeah. All kinds of clauses in there. I mean, there's guaranteed money, and there's like a second level of guaranteed money. Like, for sure guaranteed money. It's like, I don't think you know what guaranteed means. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congrats, by the way, on the Giants win. Oh, thank you, and congrats to you uh, on the Vikings winning with half a quarter. We both had a real special day, didn't we? We Uh, really did. I know. Sadly, here's a trill tragedy. I missed the Vikings season opener. Because you were going out to see Grandma. Because I was I was literally going on during my Grandma's 90th birthday party. I had to be there at 12, like, 30. I mean, the, the game started at noon here. So it was like it was the totality of the game was in the birthday party time. Uh, so, uh, and that was a good part. You know, I didn't check the uh, the phone very much, which was great because I didn't really check the phone until way late, and so I missed the <laughs> nerve-wracking first half when they were sucking it up. Yeah, the ten. But by the time I checked, they were winning, and I was I was thrilled. And the highlights were amazing. And I went back and watched it later, and it was fantastic. And boy, man, it's after the Bridgewater thing. I, I know it's just one game, and 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 that's going to bring me my overall flagrant foul, by the way. Um, but uh, I know it's just one game. But as a Vikings fan, it was really cathartic. To win that game against a tight Titans team that's I don't think terrible at all. And had you been watching it, you would have seen Blair Walsh mess up quite a bit. Oh, I mean, that would have my just God put you in a, a whole nother state. <laughs> oh, he he's not long for this uh, this kick and tee. No. Uh, he's he's gone. No, they're gonna get rid of him. Yeah, but it had to feel good. You guys needed something to feel good about. It was yeah. When and, and, and the Giants had, had such a terrible time, and I just I hate the cow. It's I don't love the Giants, but I hate the Cowboys so much, and I. 
love that the Giants hate the Cowboys. So, man, I was screaming at the TV during Dude, that one. They, I got home in time for the end of that. They needed that almost as bad as the Vikings needed it. They haven't started a, a season well in a while, and they haven't beaten the Cowboys in a while. So I don't care how they did it or by how many points they won. They just won, and I, just, I was... I wrote something on my Facebook like my happiness depends on the Giants winning, and it was true. Like my whole day would have been ruined if the Giants had lost to a rookie quarterback on opening day. You know, I didn't uh, realize, or that's not true, but like I wouldn't have told you that, like, hey, you know, Bridgewater got hurt. We're going to lose this first game. Life goes on. Like I didn't, so maybe I maybe I was resigned to it, but I didn't realize how much my mood was hinging on this one until uh, once they won, I was just buoyant the rest of the day. <laughs> I just felt great, which like never happens. I was like, "What is this? My couple, we won, we're one and oh. I mean, the only thing that been better if the Jags could have somehow pulled up that upset over the Packers. Oh, I would have loved that. I've adopted the Jaguars as my one A team uh, ever since last year, and I love I love watching them play. So but, here's the, here's my question. Here's my all ball or flagrant foul. It's right, pretty specific, us. but uh, it's a uh, all ball or flagrant foul. Uh, the the Vikings should start Sam Bradford next week against the Packers. <laughs> I feel like you're asking this just so you can answer it. Um... No, I'm curious if um, I mean you know they, they they gave the draft pick up for him, but he just got there. Sean Hill won the last game, but I mean clearly you, you're you're not intending Sean Hill to be your quarterback. Did he Sam win Bradford. the last game, or did the defense win the last game? So well, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I didn't. So you're saying you're saying there's no question about it. Sean Hill is terrible. I mean, you you paid a price for Sam Bradford. He's had, uh, you know, he's been in the league a long time. If you can't, you know, hurry up and get used to the jargon in three weeks, then I mean, come on, what are we worried about here? He gets hurt. Next week, or he gets hurt six weeks from now. What's the difference? Throw him out there, see what you paid for, and see what you can do. If he's supposed to be better than than Sean Hill, get him out there. I have no com. I, like I, I don't know why they have Sam Bradford. I, I'm not a believer. I think he's really, really bad. So I don't think he should ever see the playing field. But uh, since they paid something for him, get him out there. Let's go. Sean Hill stinks. It's a flagrant foul if Sam Bradford is not on the field this week. All right. The defense can't get? score two touchdowns every week. Oh, I beg to differ. <laughs> um, I I'm actually going to say all ball on that just because uh, the guy won the game. I mean, even if he didn't, even if he wasn't all that responsible for it, um, you know, it was it happened under his watch. So at the very least, uh, he didn't he didn't screw it up. So you got you got to keep him going. See, I I, I kind of lean toward Jeff's side. Uh, I think uh, it, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I, 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 there's a little bit of the hot hand theory. Uh, he, he, he really did not. He didn't play great, but he, he didn't play badly. The whole offense struggled at the beginning. I mean, Adrian Peterson didn't do that well either. But, um, you know, whatever. But my, I, there, my other theory is the Packers are, are a really brutal opponent, and there might be some calculus in saying – do you want to throw Sam Bradford to those particular lions? No, nope. <laughs> mixed metaphor intended. You'd like to throw him to the lions. That would be ideal. I almost uh, called him Clay Aiken, but uh, Clay Matthews does look like a lion with his hair. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, like, like a redneck an actual lion. lion. Uh, yeah, like a lion who eats pork rinds. But uh, <laughs> and HGH. 
NHGH. <laughs> uh, I think those are in four grinds, probably. Probably. Um, but, I, I, you know, the, here's the thing. Once you get rid of Sean Hill, once you, once you put Bradford in there, there's it's no going to be a big back. deal. If you, so there's no going back. Yeah. And so you, the thing is, Sean Hill is not necessarily a terrible quarterback. He's just kind of older and fragile. So you might, I think you might get another game or two out of him. So I say give him one more. I think he might, he might have one more good one left in him and then let him be the backup. I'm, I'm definitely, I think you're totally right on the injury thing where it's like, hey, dude's going to get injured. Dude's going to get injured. I mean, you can't live your, you can't play like your quarterback is, uh, can never play. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. This is it's like an uneaten booger at that point. You know? <laughs> you gotta pick it. Don't flick it. This is reminded me of a couple years back when Jay Cutler got hurt and Josh McCown took over in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Josh McCown was riding high for, I guess he won like four straight games, something like that. And then uh, Jay Cutler got healthy. And at that point, I, I thought they should ride the hot hand. So usually I'm, I'm in favor of riding the hot hand. But I just don't think Sean Hill's hand was ever more than lukewarm. So that's why I say get Bradford out there. Get him hurt. Get it no, over he with. No, didn't, uh, he, didn't, he didn't play great by any stretch of the imagination. But ever. He, I mean, I really his entire career. That, <laughs> but, but, I mean, that, you know, he, he played about to Teddy's level from last year. Yeah, uh, granted. Yeah, I guess. Teddy. Which might be. I mean, maybe that's a backhanded, in, uh, a forehanded insult. Was the opposite of a backhanded compliment? Um, <laughs> you might have just uh, invented that. Yeah, I never heard that. So, I, so I'm. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, obviously, Bradford's the guy of the future. But I feel like part of me says one more game. Let Sean Hill go go for it one more time, and if he wins that one, then then you still go back to Bradford, but. Let's, eh, I don't know. Bradford's also not known for being the smartest quarterback, so maybe a little extra time could be helpful. Let's shift it over to Dallas because we have Tony Romo getting hurt, and already there's whispers of Dak Prescott just continuing to go if he's uh, doing well. And even when done uh, deal. when Tony done Romo's deal. yeah, it's done. Here's the thing: Dak Prescott's probably pretty good. It doesn't matter. If they put Romo back in, when Romo gets back in, he's going to get hurt again pretty soon. It, I mean, Dak Prescott's going to wind up playing the majority of the games, even if they want to play Tony Romo. At some point, Tony Romo's the consistency of his injuries is not going to be worth considering continuing to insert him back into the lineup. Uh, and, you know, and you're just going to like, well, just roll with Dak. He's our guy. Uh, and I don't say that with any relish because I actually like Tony Romo, but man, he's just he's just physically kind of done. I think. Yeah, what do you think, Jeff? I think I don't have uh, – I don't know enough to form a good opinion. <sighs> I, I would say uh, go with Staubach. Definitely Staubach. <laughs> Just for the purpose of this conversation, I'll call them your Chargers. What's up with your Chargers, Jeff? They can't <laughs> hold the <laughs> lead. <laughs> Apparently they were – yeah. <laughs> yeah, my Twitter timeline was pretty – was blowing up over that. That was that was exciting to watch. Um yeah, I don't know. Apparently, they're pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, you know the Jeffers from the San Diego area is he doesn't care about the Chargers. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's a dead giveaway. It's probably a sign of uh, solid mental health to not even invest any time in that team. Yeah, yeah, it helps. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I've already, I'm already following enough bad teams as it is. So, 
I think it's a shame because the quarterback is great, but yeah, yeah. That, that team is a heartbreak, and they're going to leave sooner or later for somewhere. Like, is there any team that's like stood around with its hat in its hand and its coat on longer than the Chargers? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a strange. Yeah, I don't I don't see how that's a long term thing here at all. Um, I, the, the sentiment, I don't know. The whole ownership group there is kind of not. Uh, I think they've burned too many bridges here, and uh, the sentiment, you know, trying to get a new stadium and public funding for it. They fell for that for the Padres, and uh, I don't think they'll fall for it again. Fool me once. Yeah, pretty much. Shame. My, on favorite, my favorite George Bush quote of all time. You know, fool me once, shame <laughs> on you. Fool me twice. We're not going to get fooled again. <laughs> can't, get, can't fool me again. <laughs> that is the best. Uh, That's like gold from the nose of a genius. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to put a button on this one, fellas. It's been fun hanging out with you here. We got to tell the audience that we're probably going to dial it back a little bit on the, uh, the frequency of episodes here because we are just – Busy, busy beavers with lots of stuff going on here. So it's tough to get uh, three people together in different time zones sometimes. So we're still doing the show, but uh, we're probably going to dial it back a little bit. So well, Perhaps fancier segments. Perhaps fancier, more structured segments. We'll play around with it a little bit and uh, maybe get some cool guests, stuff like that. So cool. Of the off-balance third. Quantity, we said. Exactly. That's it. You beat me to it. It's like Jeff's Whiskey. Yes. <laughs> Quality over quantity. Right now, oh, the podcast is like my whiskey. Sneaked in in someone's crotch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get your plugs in. What you got, Jeff? Uh, still doing the baseball stuff over at Cricket Scoreboard, and I'm on Twitter at underscore Jeff Young. And uh, Real Brian Miller uh, on Twitter, Brian with a Y, and BrianMillerCowdy.com on the website. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. it was just announced. I'll say I, I'm going to be part of Acme's uh, 25th anniversary show, which is going to be really cool. It's on November 6th. Um, it's uh, right now. The lineup is me and Chad Daniels, and Tim Harmston, and Mary Mack. Uh, I think Andy Erickson's on it. Gosh, there's so many great people on it, and uh, Tommy Ryman, and with special guests. And I, I truly, I do not know who any of the special guests are. They, I asked the manager today, and they wouldn't tell me. But I did notice that they announced there's going to be a taping of Doug Love's movies at Acme the day before the anniversary show. Mm. So I'm. That's a show you're destined to be on. I've been trying to get on that show forever, but I'm out of town on Saturday, actually. So I can't do it that Saturday. Bullshit. I've been trying to get on that show for a long time. But maybe I can talk to Doug about it. When, well, I don't know that he's on the show. All I know is I'm doing this anniversary show that has a slot scheduled for multiple special guests. And the day before that, Doug Benson will be at Acme doing a Doug Lowe's movies recording at 420 so on Saturday afternoon. It's so going to work out. Do, I'm not saying either way. I'm just telling you all the information that I have as a guy with the internet. So, Brian, if, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. I can feel it. I feel it. Thank you. Thank you for that positivity. No, no problem. And you actually reminded me of something that I wanted to talk to you about. I saw that you were uh, a judge in a contest over there at Acme recently. Yeah, I judged there at the Acme's Funniest Person contest. So is Funniest that, Person in the Twin Cities, which is an amateur contest. You ever done that before? You ever been a, a judge for a comedy contest? Or is that the first I time? I have judged that particular contest many, many, many times. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Because they have preliminary rounds, and, and I've judged the House of Comedy, which is another club in town. I've judged one of their contests a time or two. 
Awesome. Here's why I asked, because I'm going to Toronto at the end of this month uh, ah. for JFL 42, and I'm cool with the SiriusXM Canada guys, and they asked me to be a judge on their top comic competition, which is hmm. like a very, very big deal this year. Oh, my. Uh, I mean, it's like... The winner gets like twenty five grand and all kinds Holy of smokes. appearances wow. on uh, Just for Laughs. Like it could make or break someone's career. And I'm kind of I'm I'm doing it. I, I said yeah, I'd be honored to do it. But I'm a little bit nervous about it. I feel like I need to do a really good job here, and I might be the only American judge here. So I'm kind of like representing the entire country's taste in comedy. That's that's a lot on my shoulders there. So tell me, as a judge, like what are you looking for? How do you be a fair judge of comedy? I mean. When you judge, well, I think uh, you got to go what you think is funny. But uh, personally, I always look for stuff that's a little more creative. Or I'm, I'm personally uh, here's the thing though. I think it's whatever your thing is, go with it. I'm, I'm inclined toward more writing based stuff and 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 unique stuff versus showmanship. Right. But then there's probably another judge who's totally into a perfectly sold joke who doesn't care as much about the material. And so it all balances out. The idea is that it all comes out in the wash and the best person wins. So I think the best thing that you can do is be dedicated to the kind of stuff that you, you like, but also open, obviously, to other styles and stuff. You know, you're not looking to cork the bat for somebody that you think is great. But I just try to just say, like, well, this is just as they asked me for my opinion. Here's my opinion. Right. Okay. Oh, my! the biggest thing is the best advice possible. Um, I don't know how they do the scoring there. When I judge the contest, you be, there's a sheet with all these categories. So these have it broken down for you. I always bring a pencil or find some margins or extra piece of paper, and I write what I think the score is going to be for people. From but other I let people? Just, no, no, no. But I think the score is going to be no, no, no um, for what I want it to be because a lot of times if the first person is really great, then you, you might go, oh, that was, that was pretty good, and you give them an 85 out of 100, say. And then everybody else comes out, and they're they're not that great. But then you're like, well, that was okay, seventy nine, is eighty. And then by the end, you realize, no, the first person was actually more of a ninety. But right. if you've written it in pen, like I don't I don't commit to any one score until I've seen the totality of the candidates. That makes sense. And then I go back and make sure because they in this moment you're in a bubble, and they are competing relativistically against one another. This is not their total value as stand-ups in the overall world of stand-up. It's their value in this contest right now. And so I want my scores to reflect them against one another. That's really good advice. Mm. Yeah. Well, I hope that's helpful. I, I feel like I gave good scores at this last contest. <laughs> no, I, I just feel like there's so much to consider, especially like... That's you, a, but here's the thing. I, there was $1,000 on the line at this right, contest right. I judged, and it's not going to make or break anybody's career. So I was, that, that is pressure, for real. And I, you know, but you know what? It's, it's the, I've heard some people say this. I've heard people say, if you're the kind of person who's worried if you're going to be a good parent and you're buying all the parenting books, you're going to be a good parent. Right, right. Because right. you're worried right, and you're yeah, buying yeah. the parenting books. Like They inherently work because you care. If you're really worried about doing a good job, I think you're going to be, you're going to be, you're in the right mindset. You're going to do fine. All right, I'm going to get out there and be somebody. God damn it! Or or watch somebody be somebody. Watch and somebody judge that be person. somebody. You're right. I'm actually doing nothing. I'm just kind of enjoying <laughs> comedy and saying, "Yep, I like this one a little bit better than that one." Yeah, you're qualified. 
You've heard a lot of comedy, you know? It's like you're going to hear some, you're not going to be the guy who's like somebody's like, uh, I look like a, I don't know, people think I'm a lesbian, but I'm a man with skinny arms. And you're, oh my God, he's a genius, you know? Like, <laughs> you know comedy, you know what the hacky stuff is. You know what the good stuff is. Yeah, if they start with a, uh, I look like joke, I'm, I, exactly. I'm out. Exactly, start with I look like joke. They're out. <laughs> They're out. They're out. So there you go. Yeah. So uh, if you're listening, change your act now. All right. Uh, that's it, guys. I'm at Aaron Hodges. Follow me on Twitter and listen to Quick Snaps, the other podcast that I do. And uh, Jeff. Oh, which, by the way, you had some really good lines on this week. You had a couple of real oh, solid jokes. Thanks, buddy. I think I had the joke of the week with the. Uh, you did. That, that, that Hillary joke. It was very funny, yeah. Uh, but you had, a, you had a couple other ones. Well, I was going through the file and I was like, oh, look at that. Aaron's got a couple good ones in there. <laughs> Appreciate it. I was it, glad, man. too, because that was my grandma's 90th birthday party. I only saw like half the games or half the football I would normally see. So I was, uh, I was lagging behind a little this week. Well, there you go. I felt it in the air, and I picked up your slack. So There we go. The We're like Pippin and Jordan. World is a better place. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. We'll talk soon.